Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the morning briefing from Entercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets Every Day is our slogan, and it's what we do. And I'll tell you why we do it. Each and every member of our team knows what it's like to have worn the uniform, and just as importantly, we know what it's like to have taken it off that last time. The struggles that can follow after that, the concerns you have as you move from a military career to... Well, a non-military career, hopefully. There's a lot going on in the veteran world, and we're covering it all at ConnectingVets.com. So be sure to check out the website 30, 40 times a day, and follow us on social media. We are at ConnectingVets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Our next guest does a job that only 100 people in the United States do at any given time. What is that job? United States Senator. She represents the great state of Wisconsin. She's here to talk to us about some interesting veteran-focused initiatives that she's been a part of recently, and she is Senator Tammy Baldwin. Senator, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to. I want to ask you first, is there any connection for Tammy Baldwin to the military besides the veterans, of course, that you serve who are uh, residents of your state? Is there a family or friend or any relation to the military for you personally? Well, my uncle served in uh, Vietnam and uh, has, uh, as the years pass, opened up more and more about his experience there. Mm. And um, I do some genealogical research and I did have a distant cousin who served in the Civil War. Wow. Um, and I, this is getting a little far afield, but... Um, we have preserved a letter that he wrote to his family. He kind of took off from home. Uh, he was from Baraboo, Wisconsin, without telling his parents. He was not yet 18. Mm. And he wrote to them and said he would send his, um, his pay back so that they could hire another person for the farm. And he didn't make it. Mm. Uh, he died shortly after um, uh, joining uh, the, uh, the effort. But I... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to look at it from all perspectives. It certainly is, and to look back historically at people who you have something in common with, common with, and that being the blood that runs through your veins, who were involved in something that maybe only in the abstract, something that you think about, like the Civil War, but there were American connections to that, and right down to your family. Absolutely, and of course, I work with veterans, <laughs> uh, both in terms of my colleagues, but also in my office. It is so valuable to have a veteran's perspective, uh, a voice in the crafting of legislation. And in fact, uh, Hill Vets is a program that I know you're very familiar uh, with. Yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, uh, joining us in the studio is Alicia Guffey, who is a Hill Vet. There you who's go. working in my office. And now Alicia will sing us the national anthem. Just putting her on the spot. Of course not. We're not going to ask her to do that. But that's wonderful to hear. And that is something that's a bit of an issue that we've talked about with Hill Vets. It's kind of their mission is to get more veterans onto the staffs of members of Congress. Because 
if you look at the numbers of who's serving in Congress between the House and the Senate, actually veterans are uh, representing represented by a higher number in Congress than they are in the active population. But then when you look at congressional staffs, veterans only make up something like two to three percent, I think, were the last numbers I saw. Is that something you'd like to see change, to see more people who've served being able to give input to the people who make the decisions regarding the military? Absolutely. And I would add that when you're looking at either a House staff or a Senate staff, you're not only talking about the formation of policy in Washington, D.C., but we have staff back in our states who serve individuals who call up and say, hey, my uh, my case seems to be tied up in knots in this bureaucracy. What can you do? Uh, and it's often it, it's great when that's a veteran who's answering the phone and getting to work to untangle the red tape or whatever it is they need to do to have a champion on your side who also has walked in your shoes is great. It certainly is. And we're speaking with Senator Tammy Baldwin, who represents the state of Wisconsin in the United States Senate. We're going to talk about some veterans issues uh, that she's been heavily involved in, including the American Aviator Act, which is truly fascinating. Before we get to that Election season is coming up, and there are a lot of veterans running for uh, you know jobs in national uh, positions in Congress. Is that something you're happy to see, to see on both sides of the aisle? I mean, we've got people like Dan Crenshaw running for Congress in Texas, Ken Harbaugh running for Congress in Ohio, Republican, Democrat, but two guys who uh, have both served the country and done amazing things, and they're just the tip of the iceberg. How do you feel about seeing so many veterans on the ticket this year? I'm very excited about it, and I can also look back to my experience. I I served in the House of Representatives prior to serving in the Senate, and the value um, that veterans who ran for Congress and won um, and then had the opportunity to lead on really very consequential issues. Um, And uh, so the more, the better. As far as I'm concerned, I, I well, most people that we talk to seem to agree on that. We'll see if the voters do come November, but it's good to see that there. I think at least it's good to see that there are many veterans who care enough to get involved. And as people who've who've shown through their service, they can be proactive and get things done. It's kind of the kind of people that we want on Capitol Hill. You're getting some things done, including the American Aviator Act, which is what I first reached off reached out to your office about. And then, of course, found out about several other things that you're doing. But first, let's talk about the American Aviator Act. Exactly what is the act about and what is the goal of it? Well, it has multiple goals. But we uh, you said at the outset of the show, um, there are sometimes uh, struggles uh, sort of getting back into civilian professions, civilian life after um, after service. And this is one of those sort of win, win, win situations um, because uh, we have a severe uh, projected shortage in commercial airline pilots. A lot of folks are reaching their retirement age. And so the federal government, um, from that perspective, is looking at what can we do uh, to make sure that uh, aviation remains robust and safe and the best people in those jobs. Um, the uh, uh, schools that provide training, not just like your general aviation learn how to fly schools, but the ones that really prepare people for a career track in commercial aviation are very interested in reaching out to veterans, making them a part of um, their programs. There's 
few of them. And so part of my communication initially was with one of the schools in Wisconsin who has a partnership with the local airport. Um, there's a small regional airlines there and uh, they wanted some help. I would also say that um, this is based on um, I think a pretty successful study of the promise that this idea holds called forces to flyers. Hmm. And so if it's been studied uh, by this administration, um, we thought we should start a pilot project. Yes, pun intended. <laughs> it's it's a job that not only are there openings in, but it's also a job that's just pretty darn cool. Is this something that is aimed more at military aviators or people who don't have any experience with flight? Uh, the latter. Uh, military aviators can get a pretty expedited path into uh, commercial airline uh, aviation. Um, and so they really do follow a very different track. Uh, but this is aimed at military veterans who have not had prior training uh, but would like to uh, look at and uh, settle on a career in commercial aviation. That's something that I think will perk up a lot of ears that, you know, it, it goes to show just because you were a supply clerk or a tanker like Jake or a journalist like me in the military doesn't mean that's what you have to do when you get out. There are plenty of options available to you and flying the friendly skies. I think that may be someone's tagline, so I'm not sure if I can use it, but I, it's certainly something that I think will appeal to a lot of veterans. Where do we stand on this act as far as, uh, you know, how close we are to people actually getting into flight schools on it? Is that already happening or is that still down the road? It's down the road. Um, this legislation was introduced um, earlier this summer. It is bipartisan. I am proud to have worked with uh, Senator Hoven from North Dakota uh, in offering this legislation. Uh, and we are looking very closely at an opportunity, a legislative opportunity that lies ahead. Um, every few years, we reauthorize the Federal Aviation Administration, hmm. and the current authorization expires at the end of September. So we are working very hard to make this legislation a part of that larger act, uh, basically uh, to get it through as quickly as we can so that this can be, um, you know, the pilot program can start up. Is it something that has a, a huge amount of support? And it's interesting to hear you say it's bipartisan, and it seems that veterans' issues is where you see the most bipartisan uh, cooperation. What's the, what's the feeling been from your fellow senators and members of Congress uh, on this legislation? Well, I think that uh, a couple of things I'd point out. One is um, it is very bipartisan to support uh, career opportunities for veterans um, who served our country and are now back at home. And so that gets um, almost universal um, support. Uh, but I think perhaps uh, members of the United States Senate and the House have a special view on aviation because most of us commute by plane every week. <laughs> now, there are a few who live really close by to Washington, D.C. and come by train or car or walk. I, I, no, no one walks. But, <laughs> um, but uh, we see the aging of the commercial airline uh, workforce, uh, the pilots in particular. Um, we see the needs there. And we are very committed to safety first all the time. 
And so this just is something that I think should capture um, a lot of support as it goes through the process. I, we've talked to other senators on the show, Senator Ernst, Senator Perdue. We've talked to them about uh, the the difficulty of traveling back and forth. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, that all of the travel kind of gives you a unique insight into uh, the airlines having that. Did it kind of come to you one day while you were sitting on a plane? Did Were you sitting there and thinking, <laughs> you know who might be a good person to replace this pilot? Well, um, actually, the, um, the the way it came up was early discussions uh, when I was first beginning my service in the United States Senate and getting to know uh, the academic institutions all around the state, um, getting to know about aviation around the state, uh, uh, and um, recognizing that some of our uh, colleges and technical uh, uh, colleges in particular offered flight instruction, and and one in particular offers instruction um, uh, for a commercial airline pilot. One of the things we want to make sure is that this isn't, you know, just um, getting uh, getting a, a pilot's license, but that this is um, instruction with a, a real connection to the industry, so that um, you're not just getting a degree and then shopping around. That you are actually um, going to have a very clear career path if you stick to it. So the airlines might actually be involved in this as well from their end because they could see it as a potential pipeline for them. They are so uh, seriously concerned about their pipeline, as are so many employers right yeah. now, um, which provides us opportunities to really step up and connect uh, highly skilled people um, with those opportunities. We're speaking with Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, and we've been talking about the American Aviator Act, which she introduced earlier this year. It's not the only veteran-focused thing that you're working on, though. I know that, in fact, the Boosting Rates of American Veterans Employment Act is another one. Again, bipartisan. You and Senator Tom Tillis uh, introduced this one. Tell us a little bit about that act and what, what, what it's aiming to address. And the, it, it, it's, um, the acronym is the BRAVE Act. Um, so we have long had a system in uh, the country which appropriately recognizes um, veteran-owned businesses and prefers them in certain, uh, for example, contracting with the VA. Hmm. But we have not had the same sort of focus and recognition to employers who may or may not be veteran-owned uh, businesses who really make it a point to recruit and retain and train veterans. So you could be, uh, you know, you could have a business that has an exceptional uh, rate of, um, of, of veterans working in the, uh, in the enterprise and not get any preferred status when you're bidding for something, uh, a service uh, or uh, products that you wanna sell to the government and the VA in particular. We thought the VA would be the best um, role model for this um, this effort, and so uh, Senator Tillis and I um, have really uh, have really tried to uh, uh, push this idea that you will be rewarded if you uh, make an effort to recruit and retain veteran workers. It's also interesting to note that we we've talked to several corporations, including big corporations like Hilton Hotels who pledged to hire a number of veterans a couple years ago and said, you know, it was a great PR move and everything. They hired them, and it turned out they're some of the best workers they've ever had. So now they've increased the number, and they're like, hey, we want to hire more of you guys. Get out there. 
Do you think that the incentive can be just an inroad to really opening up the floodgates when employers realize that veterans tend to show up on time, tend to be where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, and tend to do the job until it's complete and do it the right way? Absolutely. And I will say in Wisconsin, I'm sure in many other states, we are facing a skills gap and uh, not only a skills gap, but a worker shortage. And we need to connect the people who are motivated and ready to learn on the job uh, and are going to have the soft skills also that uh, employers require. Um, This is such a great opportunity. You know, we had a recent recess week where I had the opportunity to travel all throughout the state of Wisconsin, having all sorts of different stops and discussions and roundtables. But one of the businesses that I visited was a veteran-owned business um, called, uh, oh, let me get it right, the Applied Fab and Machining, Mm. AFM. This veteran is an incredible entrepreneur who really started, it was basically him, and now he has 10 employees. So this is a very small business that we're talking about, not Hilton Hotels, but um, uh, an international workforce. Um, He has found some incredible opportunities to also work with larger businesses that do work with the government and that employ veterans. Um, And in his case, one of them is Oshkosh Defense, Oshkosh Corporation. Right. Uh, where they make some of the metal parts that are placed in the vehicles that uh, Oshkosh Defense makes. So it's a great um, uh, opportunity. But again, he's been recognized as a veteran-owned business. He wants to hire more veterans. He has several. Um, It has been a great opportunity for him to get a really uh, skilled workforce. They do great at what they do. But he wants more. And part of his the discussion uh, with me was how do I find out where they are? The handoff oftentimes, if you will, as people head home, uh, it's not like there's a notice published in the newspaper that says, welcome home. Uh, And and so he's really looking at additional additional ways to locate uh, veterans so that he can offer them opportunities if they're interested. It's interesting that you mentioned Oshkosh, which, of course, we all know from Oshkosh Bagosh when we were kids. That's pretty much all I wore when I was little. It's also a big manufacturing center for military vehicles, as you mentioned. The military, uh, the mine repellent uh, armor personnel carrier was uh, was basically created in Wisconsin. Yes. There are a lot of veterans, of course, from Wisconsin. Let's talk about your home state for a little bit. What do you think the state is of veterans in the state of Wisconsin? How do you think the veteran community is doing in your home state? Well, I would say... Um First of all, a, a company like Oshkosh and like uh, Applied Fab and Machining really do make a point to um, uh, hire returning veterans. And um, and I have to say, just to dwell on Oshkosh for a few more minutes, that um, you know when they were stepping up at a time that um, the vehicles that our troops had um, were not um, necessarily protecting them against emerging threats, um, now uh, well-known threats, um, the pride of those workers in knowing that they were um, serving our active military in such a, um, you know, it was a huge ramp up in a very short time. And 
they were so proud to be able to do that and play a role. And um, I think that is reflective of Wisconsin's work ethic and the things that we hold dear in our state. Um, Wisconsin doesn't have a lot of um, military installations, uh, so we don't have a lot of active military presence. Um, We are a big guard state. We are a big reserve state. And um, so another way in which employers uh, step up is by recognizing uh, that their employees, if they are in the Guard or Reserve, need their, um, uh, need their partnership. And right. so we're very proud of how uh, employers in Wisconsin have stood by their Guard and Reserve members uh, and, um, and, and recognize the sacrifice that those workers are making. Uh, we certainly have struggles in Wisconsin uh, uh, for veterans um, still uh, working on ending homelessness Mm. among veterans. Uh, I've seen such great projects around the state of Wisconsin um, and making sure that uh, in the handoff between active military service and uh, veteran status, um, that they're, um, that they get the top notch healthcare uh, services that they have earned and that they deserve for serving our country. We've been speaking with Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin about the American Aviator Act, which she introduced, the BRAVE Act, which she introduced. There's a lot more going on. I know there's an apprenticeship program. It looks like we're running out of time, so I don't think we'll be able to get into it. But if people want to find out more about these acts, if people want to talk to uh, their senators, their Congress members about these acts and getting them moved forward, how do you recommend they go about doing that? What's the best way to reach somebody like Tammy Baldwin? Well, I would say lots of different ways. And that's what's great about a democracy. And um, having representatives and senators who come home and and are um, uh, hopefully making themselves available. So certainly writing and calling and emailing is, uh, you know, traditional. They are traditional ways of reaching out and sharing what is on your mind and what is, um, you know, what you want to say. there are people like Alicia who takes the next step and is with Hill Vets and, and actually gets a job in um, an office and adding her voice to the creation of policy. In between there, there's opportunities to invite your elected representatives, uh, if you have a business, for, for example, to come and see it. If you're running a program that serves veterans, uh, have us over. Some of the most rewarding visits that I've ever had in my public service career is uh, is meeting with veterans who are serving other veterans. Um, that varies so much, but I, I think of one group that is helping uh, veterans who have been homeless and are getting securing their first uh, uh, living situation, uh, first housing, and furnishing it entirely on donated goods from other veterans and civilians. Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. And on behalf of the veteran community, thank you for the legislative work that you're doing on behalf of those of us who've worn the uniform. We all do appreciate it, and it does not go unnoticed. Thank you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.